Welcome to Two Kims, One Pod. I'm your host, Peter Kim. And this is Unji Kim. And we are not married, not even close. We're both queer <laughs> and with white men. Anyway, <laughs> should that be the intro? I think, yeah, I think, maybe, that's, I think yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> anyway, if you have an intro for us, um, send it in to, yeah, uh, love yeah, to, read to our it. socials. We DM us, whatever. We'd love to read yeah. it. Um, hey, by the way, I have, have you, have you been doing shows lately? You've been going out a lot, right? Yeah, so much. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What's that about? Just... You're you're tired? I'm I'm tired of I'm tired. I'm, ti- I'm, I'm tired. I'm not going out that much. I mean, I'm tired <laughs> of like how about this? I would love if I was at a point where I w- if I could do two small shows. Like where so- I was doing spots. Yeah. You know, and like be able to work out material. I like 10, like 10 minute spots, 10, 10 15 minute, minute spots. spots. Okay. Eight to 10, eight to 10 minute spots. Uh-huh. And I was doing two to three shows on the weekend where I was making feature, headliner money. Okay. Then I would feel good. Oh, that okay. is not so, the case. So you're not tired. You're just feeling shitty that you're not making money. <laughs> <laughs> you're tired no, of being exhausted. broke. You're exhausted yeah, from being broke. <laughs> yeah, I'm exhausted from being broke. Yes. Well, no, maybe I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how, how I feel about it because I've been going out more and more lately. You know, the writer strike is upon us. Right. So I've been like, uh, I've been trying to like get out there more so that mm-hmm. like I could stay busy and maybe make some money doing comedy or whatever. Sure. Oh my god, uh, I gotta tell how you about a couple have you of done? shows. How many shows have you? How many shows In a week what? are you doing right now? One a week. No, two a week. Two a week. <laughs> That's a lot for you. That a lot for me, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm really like putting myself out there. So yes. I did two this past week, and let me tell you. Okay, the first one I did. It was a fun show, um, and it was more of like a storytelling-y type of show where it's not it's not like straight up stand up. It's about like, for sure whatever. You got you got to couch your stand up as a story that you're telling. For yeah, sure. yeah. And I have I have a, a few stories that I do at these things, so I did one of those stories. Yes. And um, it went well. It's fine. But the show was hosted by this Gen Z um, lesbian mm-hmm. who's on who's like famous on YouTube. Okay. Um, her name is Alex Zoll. Okay. I don't know if you know her, but like I don't she's know. this tiny little twenty four year old. <laughs> okay. And. It they're was all tiny to me. Yeah, they they even if they're bigger than you, they just yes, seem they seem small. S- yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, they're giving tiny, and she. It's just like they're so young, they seem shorter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and she she had a bunch of Gen Z queers mm-hmm. <laughs> on the lineup and me. Yes. Right? <laughs> You're like the token. You're the token old. Yeah, what's yeah. This, what's this wizened person got to say? What's yeah, the wisdom? Truly, they're like Gandalf's here. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I'm that person all the time. Yeah. And I, it's, usually, I'm not because like, I don't know. I guess like comedy places, like if you go to like comedy clubs and stuff, like it's like more seasoned comics, right? Right. But this was like a Gen Z queer storytelling show. So it was a lot of young people and everybody was queer. And I know she was like doing this on purpose, but it was very like they were using a lot of, I guess it's become Gen Z, but it's like, yes, we're here serving content. This is pussy, <laughs> like fierce hunty, you know, like it's very that. And um, Ru- RuPaul I- raised them. 
No, RuPaul ruined America, I think, because now gay is gauche. It's so ugh. like twenty-four-year-old girl, like blonde girls, wispy blonde girls are like sickening, honey. And I'm just like, oh, this is. I don't know how to feel about this. I don't. And not that I was like ever that into that kind of like you know uh, drag queen speech anyway. But like mm-hmm. to see young kids do it Mm -hmm. as their language it's like not even like drag language anymore it's like drag language and drag culture has permeated gen z culture Mm -hmm. so now they're just like doing it almost even ironically right like and yes but but they're doing it ironically but they don't have like a different way they speak so they're all like doing it right so like it's so weird and i'm like trying to participate because i'm there and the old fogey but also, like, I don't have the energy to do so. So I'm just, like, sitting there going, like, oh, God, let me fucking go. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Okay. Uncle Peter's serving l- tired. Yeah, he's serving millennial gray tired. <laughs> and truly, all I wear is black and white and gray. Cause, and not because I'm a millennial and depressed. And maybe, you know, I am millennial and depressed. But it's more because I'm from New York and I'm yeah. lazy. And New yeah. Yorkers, we grew up just wearing black. That was our thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, we didn't, we, we didn't have the time to express ourselves in color okay because we didn't care we're about to get money or coke or both and (laughs) i'm living in black and white you're y'all are living in color like it's like such broom i mean okay there is this thing um i saw someone really articulate it beautifully on twitter once but it was that millennials grew up like everyone makes fun of millennials for the way we talk about our upspeak and our language that we use but, Highly mean, therapized yes, type of and language. So tr- and-, and so truly we're using uh, the language of our peers and of corporate kind of j- jingle jangle, you know, um, like the girl boss energy sort of shit. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that is our the milieu, the linguistic milieu from which we sprang. And it – I mean, it is a lot of likes and it's a kind of valley speak even. Valley girl, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's also corporatized. That's sort of what they make fun of us for. And Gen Z is that, which you're talking about, which is this um, drag race, like adjacent stuff. But they're also the most, quote unquote, woke, racially conscious mm-hmm. generation that yeah. is co-opting the language of the AAVE that was co-opted within the oh. drag community. Oh, yes. So yes. it's like this <laughs> level of co-opting and insensitive, like, not, like um, appropriation uh-huh. that in 10 years when they're our age, they will They'll be choopy. Yes. They will, yes. Yeah, exactly. They are about to get their comeuppance <laughs> is so clear. Yeah, like, I know. I like, see it. I'm watching it. them be like future problematic like the gen alphas are going to look at them and be like ill oh, why are what you the speaking fuck? this way exactly because they're oh. all going to be half ai anyway so they're all going to be like hello um <laughs> you are being problematic and you should only speak in this intonation like it's I- all going to be like robot speak in the future <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it's the just by virtue of the fact that we've already seen people be um, like types of speaking phase out, right? Yeah. Like even um, AVE like uh, being a part of a comic timing or being like going um, where you 
use or employ like a, like a certain accent for uh -huh. things mm -hmm. has already become passe in our lifetime. So we know and we've seen it happen. Gen yeah. Z has not. I know. They they're, think what they're doing is So new. cool. Yeah, I know. They're like, I know because they're all like tweens and mm -hmm. early 20s you know, college post pandemic. So they're mm -hmm. like wild and out. They yes. don't give a fuck. They have no planet to work for anymore. The climate change is coming for them. Yes. So like, it's this kind of like YOLO energy and they're like, YOLO energy. it's YOLO woke energy. And it's, but at the same time, everyone's white. Like you're all white. What are you talking about? Like, it's but they're like uh, they have like a short haircut and they're queer and they're mm -hmm. like lady love. So it's like woke. Uh, it's just so weird. And I I felt so out of place there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't like wait to like get the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's so it was funny. so scary. I felt scared okay. as a 40. I'm going to be 41. And I was just like okay. standing around these wispy Gen Z's like, yes, I was a okay. cunt. All right, Peter, my indie darling, let me just tell you this. I Please stop calling me your indie darling. <laughs> I've been in one indie movie. And okay, so this and is you're going to be in, you're going to be in more. But like, okay, I sure. was literally I, I was at this show that was very hipster, incredibly hipster. Uh -huh. It was uh, Cosmic Country at Sabine mm -hmm. Village. It is such a great show in Chicago. If you ever want to hear a live band it's so fun it's all country western theme everyone dresses up it's so hipster energy mm. and i grew up and came of hipsterdom a hipster age during the height of like country western like wilco like it was that era that's sort of what the energy that these kids are also mining so i'm actually the retro I was there originally. You're the, the proto hipster. The, yes, I'm, yeah. but I'm like part of the the scene that they are referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, like that, th like that's what the a tight thing. circle of culture. <laughs> truly. So I'm there. I'm there at this like truly very hip, like ground zero for hipster. Um, dumb. Oh, how bad did it it's, smell? Did it smell it, bad? It smelled fine. It was okay. very nice. Are you venue. sure? I loved it. I okay. loved it. I can't get me to say otherwise. I was so right. much fun. Right. I was truly like, these are my people. Okay. But what was interesting is that they're all 21 to like 26, right? And what's fascinating to me is that hipsters and the prototypes, they don't change. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was playing a role that I have already seen being played by the original, right? Okay. Like it's like they, it's like casting just recast that guy. Give me an example. Like the, like the tall wispy guy with the beanie carrying mm. a book and a, yeah. a book bag. Like I've already seen that being played by the original, and now this new right. guy has been cast, and it's just the same guy. Just yeah. he looks. He's just a new actor. Yeah, but okay, let me ask you this. Is this something that you feel like has come back or it just never left? It's always, always. Yeah, I don't think it's ever left. No, right? it's never left. It's so not like a new we iteration were, of hipster. No, and we were we were probably the like the fifth person and then they're like Yeah, because it beat. started from I feel like beat generation. Beatnik, yes, yeah, yes. beatnik started it the like oh, I'm carrying a like on the road, you know, yes. and you're <laughs> And I'm smoking cigarettes. And a I'm Jack like Kerouac. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. a tall, wispy person. There's like the same sort of like small, energetic, uh, mm. mouthy girl in the corner. You know, yeah. like it's the exact same. And the thing is, what's f fun for me as someone who's seen the various iterations of 
the scene is mm. there's comfort in the fact that they're not coming up with anything new. Like when no. you're in your no, 20s, you're, you have all this anxiety about not being new. You're mm-hmm. constantly trying to be an iconoclast. You're constantly trying to subvert and create new versions of things. Mm-hmm. And what's a relief to me at 40 is to know that there's simply not a way out. There's nothing that new. You, will, you are doomed slash destined and prophesized to be the same version of someone else. And it should be comforting. Yeah, because that you don't have to create an identity. You don't. And just you slip be in. Yourself. Just yeah. slip in and be yourself because you will, at the core of it, right? E- even if by appearances you're some version of somebody, you will, at the core of it, still be yourself, right? Mm. Whatever story you need to tell, that's, that's your life. How the fuck do I know? But just on the outset, from the outward appearances and like what we're describing as this like public persona mm. that you feel all this pressure to present as a 20-year-old, yeah. it's just like very funny to me to see all the effort going into something that is essentially the same as like some other thing it's it's this it's that uh, it's the way i felt when i like watch these people talk in like drag race terms and i was just like oh you're trying you're trying so hard to be relevant Mm -hmm. and as you get older you drop that yes yeah and I think that's that's the ever like cascading flow of like culture is that like everyone's like desperate to be current, mm-hmm. and um, you and I, I think, I, at least for me, I've like fell off that cliff a while ago. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. There's no get me out. I'm the like, oven. Yeah, I try to like stay current on like current affairs, news, like who's sure. on the pop charts or whatever. But like, I'm not going around singing BB Rexa. Like, I know who she is because I For should sure. be aware. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or like, we're people whatever. in the culture. We're of the culture, and we're. I can't even go to Coachella. Culture. Like, do you know how many of my friends are going, still going to Coachella? And I'm like, are you crazy? Crazy? How are you doing this? Where do the you have time- the energy? Or like, you're sucking up dust. For three just, days and I, I standing. Just want, I just don't want to be that uncomfortable. I mean, like, I have not been to a music festival since Pitchfork 2009. Truly, and that like, is, yeah, that was bad. Two thousand nine. And, yeah. and that was an era in which uh, Sparks was still available. Do you remember Sparks? Yeah, that energy drink? <laughs> Slash the, malt liquor. The, yeah, malt liquor. <laughs> yes. It was like the answer to Four Loco. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was actually Sparks and Four Loco was still available during this wow, era. Wow. And I got, I and I remember drinking it at the pitchfork because it was like it, it was like the big rollout there yeah. and i remember having it uh, like a ton of them that was like what i was drinking i was drinking it like white claws uh-huh. and uh, for those of youngs who don't know what it is it was taken off the market because people were dying yeah the heart, the, their hearts were heart bursting because <laughs> it was like it's like drinking like mad dog and monster in one can yeah exactly and i Ugh. remember yes Ugh. and i remember that at the end of this pitchfork day like Animal Collective got on stage and like they the lights like at the beat like dropping like went up on uh-huh. stage and uh-huh. that's when I blacked out. Like <laughs> and that's like the only like it was like if it's just as a moment in cinema, like lights go up and boom and yeah. then I'm also like um and I just woke up at home. Wow. And like <laughs> truly like blackout. That's the last time I ever went to a music festival. Would never go again. Like, I, I, I truly again. have no desire to be... Zero. Unless there's, like, a private cabana with air conditioning. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I can only glam from now on. I just can't yes. do it. I don't have it within me to be that cool. 
I just don't. I don't need it. I'm sorry. I just don't have the like thirst to be validated in that way. I, but also, Peter, this is the reality. I've never been cool. There is no trust. You, You've not not once in your life has anyone called you cool. Never. No. People call me intense. Wound up. People, <laughs> <laughs> Problematic. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever called me cool. No. Okay. People people call me like weird. No one's people ever said me. chill. <laughs> the word no. relaxed and unji do not go together. <laughs> no one. No one's ever called me cool. But this is the thing. I don't know if you have an immigrant parent, if you can ever be cool. cool. No. Because there's a there's part no of way. culture that you are simply not privy to. I also, I mean. The reference. We just don't have the references. I have the references. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I didn't have cable as a child. I just Same. create. So how am I supposed I to? I watch Korean stuff. And Korean stuff. Fucking Channel 4, 7, and 2. 11. For me, PBS. Ele- like, I yes, mean, there's there no was way WB, I'm fucking, of course. Yes. But there's no way I'm going to be cool no. like i'm not listening to anything you're as cool as any average immigrant is because that's all you know that's all i know exactly i know that i know how to get a good deal but get you this go to the, gen z to to kids who are like yeah. yes beers country like yes. i bet to them an immigrant that doesn't know about stuff is cool mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you know how hipsters like the wrong thing is cool yeah, i bet yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I bet now, like, if you're fresh off the boat, it's like, oh, my God, Fabi, you're yeah. Fab. I, you're, Do you want to know? Fab. When in 2000 and, like, whatever, 2008, 2009, when we were young people, um, we used to play this game that was immigrant or hipster. And it was, like, because <laughs> that look, right, like, the urban outfitters, like, the sh- a little bit too short pants, mm-hmm. like, the uh, the sweaters. It was, like, very Oversized sim- sweater. Oversized like, sweaters. Yeah. It was just, like, it, gave, it was giving, as a kid, which, as a children would say, it was giving um, Ajashi on a, uh, on a walk. Yeah. Like, around the neighborhood, right? Like, if you, if it was Ethnic just, uncle. like. Ethnic uncle. Because, <laughs> you know, like, uncle is, like, auntie. Like, you can call anyone yes. uncle. <laughs> truly like that's the energy of like what yeah. these boys are wearing and it's like just from the poor back, you just poor. Yeah, they're, poor they're appropriate they're, cos- they're cosplaying poor people that yeah yes. poverty. poor people poverty yeah. and Im- immigrant like yes. castaway struggle stuff. yeah struggle <laughs> but like there's no way that the sort of plugged in cool especially now that's relevant no it's just simply like i don't have enough time i'm no, just you- i'm making I'm making yeah. and doing. I can't ingest. You're creating and, humans. There's no yeah. way you could be cool. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Even Chrissy Teigen, she she's not cool. No. People think she's cool, but... Who thinks no. she's cool? I don't know. CBS. They gave her like a judge show on Quibi. <laughs> now, Quibi was cool. <laughs> Quibi, Quibi was, was too cool. <laughs> Quibi was so cool, they were like, no, none of y'all could have it. <laughs> Limited time only. Wait, let me tell you how. Um, so I did a show. I did a day where I did two shows um, in one day. In one day, you're feeling from, yourself. Uh, yes, yeah. but I was. I went from the South Loop to a show to nineteen and uh, eighteen to nineteen year olds uh, at Columbia College. I did a show there, and I you drove... did a show at Columbia College. Correct. For what audience? Like, who was For it? 18th... Was it? No, For I know, but like, was it... it like APA Club or like it was it no, like? No, no. Comedy it was the comedy friends. club. The co- <laughs> The Columbia College Comedy Club? 
that was in an auditorium. Oh wow! So were they the best audience or the worst? Because if they're if they, if these are kids that are fans of comedy, they could either be like really great or they uh-huh. could be like, Psh, I could do better. There were fifteen people there. <laughs> <laughs> name them all, first and last name. I would say there were fifteen people there. Uh-huh. Four of them left before I started my set. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so there were eleven people there. Um, cr- crazy, and so eleven that, people <laughs> in an auditorium. Unji, they were not seated close to each other. Unji, oh my god! Wait, how many people were performing? Every single person in the audience performed. I gave feedback to them. Oh, wait, what? Why? They, they each got. Was five this minutes. a show or was this like a class? It was like a like part of a comedy festival. And so the oh. thing was they were all going to receive feedback from a real comedian. And okay. then and as a special She couldn't treat, show up? She couldn't show up? <laughs> <laughs> and so, she was booked? <laughs> wait, let me just tell you this. I booked this because of, um, I, because of a connection I made at my synagogue. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so I... The original they, networking. The original networking. <laughs> so, like, they they had um, – and as a special surprise, I was going to be performing uh, a set. After all of theirs or before all of after, theirs? After. After. So, after. You, they all went, you gave notes, and then you went up? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be freaking out. I don't think I could play in front of people I had just torn apart. <laughs> I didn't tear them apart. I didn't. Oh, you tear only them gave apart. good. You only gave good notes. I did not give. I gave good feedback with some positive stuff inside of it. Okay. Like I didn't say you were bad. I was like, would have loved to seen like you like dig that feels like really ripe part of your set. Yeah, like dig this into is that. really dig into this. Okay. Like this was exciting. I I think I can see your comedic yeah. roots here. This oh, was cool. very, you know what okay. I mean? Like yeah. I'm like I I, you're I being, teach. You're being supportive. Yes. And I teach. Yeah. So I understand what will like what Resonates. works. And it's very easy for yeah. me to do this, right? Okay. So um and I don't think and this is when I was telling you like the bar for the stuff inside of academia is depressingly low. So everyone like professors came up to me afterwards were like, that was incredible. Wow. I was like was it like, <laughs> like if you if you spent three fifty and we're in the basement of the Onoyan Theater, it would have been just as it would have been the same. But incredible <laughs> that you think this. But I did my set afterwards, and you asked if it went well. No, it went horrible. These eighteen-year-old and nineteen-year-olds were like glaring at me the entire. They time. were not laughing. They were like some of them were laughing, but that's like it's eleven people in a room, and I'm being enthusiastic and ge- right. and like genuine. Did they at least turn off the lights? No, I was staring at every single one of them in the face, like eyeball to eyeball. Oh like, no! I was like, and one of the girls I kept like making eye contact with because she was really like giving me hate face. So oh. I was kind of being like, "What about this?" And she, this was her face the entire time. <gasps> Resting bitch face. Oh wow! And at one point, that I might was not like, be her fault though. That just that might be the way she was born because I have that. I have that. You know I have that, the resting bitch face. That doesn't yeah, mean I'm not having fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I'm usually not having fun. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you're having fun, you're going to have it on your face. Yeah, yeah. Naturally, I'm not having a good time. Yeah. Like, she was just, like, actively, like, I was, like, trying to get in her good graces, and she was actively, like, <laughs> 
blocking. Yeah, yes. yeah. Stonewall. And it was and it and it was very bizarre because it's also earnestness, right? Like this working hard yeah. energy that like yeah. I certainly have mm-hmm. with regard to at least my comedy. It's polished and it's you know, you especially with the set I'm doing right now, it's polished and it's like this is a fucking show. This is yeah. a set of comedy. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah, coming yeah. to you with like thought out premise, like punchline, tags, thematic idea, moving into the next, like, you know? Yeah. And they were so um they were I would say half of the people were very enthusiastic and into it, and then half mm. of them were like, What a try hard, uncool, stupid old lady. <sighs> oh my god. To have six people say that or think that <laughs> But this is how uncool I am. I was like, that's all right. Like, who cares? Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. You're getting paid, right? Did you I'm get paid? paid? Yeah, oh, good. of course. Was I was like, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a gig. And I was just like, I don't fucking care. You're not feeling that's, bad. I don't care what these te- this, what these children think of you. Think about me. Yeah, yeah. They're dumb. <laughs> they, like, what the- they're going to Columbia College. I'm just saying, like, they're like literally, they're literally five years, they're I'm literally sure. five years away from knowing anything. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, like, what the fuck do I care? You know, like, you don't. If, you, no, you, you don't. can't care. Yeah, I don't care. You got so your paycheck. I, I and I and then I went all the way to Skokie from doing comedy to eighteen to nineteen year olds. Drove to Skokie, Illinois, to do comedy for eighty to ninety year olds. The other end of the spectrum. Other end of the spectrum. Wow. And and, and let me say, were there, there more were, people there? Oh, there was a ton of people there. This oh, was like a sold out event. There's like you know. Good. Um, I would say 80 to 90 people that were 80 to 90 years old. And um, (laughs) I arrived and there were already two people that were asleep. So when you talk about people that weren't caring, it was just a real, it was just a double whammy, double whammy, like just like an exercise in humility. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh God. That is humiliating. Just running around the damn city. (laughs) To make a hundred dollars. And then like, yeah. And for people to be sleeping and not caring. <laughs> oh when I got up on God. stage, when I by the time I got up on stage, there were more people sleeping. Wow, yeah, that's horrific. I mean, there was like, I mean, it was. It, <sighs> to be fair, it was past eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, Dave should be in deep uh, REM sleep right now. <laughs> I had just, a show was, that yeah. was also. Um, so my second show I did. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. Okay, so you know how I sweat a lot. And I've been sweating on stage a lot lately. What and do you think that is? I think it's my body telling me to quit it. To just <laughs> cut it out. No, Peter, your body sweats in a lot of stuff. He's not telling no, you to does. quit all I of them. I sweat a lot. But like, especially on stage, I've been like the lights have been hitting me hard. Okay. okay. And I'm just like... I don't know what it is. Like I'm sweating a lot on stage and okay. it's like getting in the way where I'm like, it's going into my eyes and stuff. And I've talked about this on the pod before. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to remedy this at this point. Like I'm going up on t-shirts. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm really like trying to my best to like be cool up there. But um, anyway, so I did this show. There's this guy, a, a fairly newer comic who uh, reached out to me and said, Hey, I have this show. Um, do you want to cut? It's called Rice and Beans. Okay. And it's all Mexicans and Asians. And 
That's very funny. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, down in uh, a city, like a heavily Mexican populated city. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. great. This is gonna be fun. And so I show up, and the show's at ten, right? It's like a late show at this club, right? Okay. There's like a little club that opened up there. Very nice, but whatever. And I show up at ten o'clock, and I'm, they they said I was headlining. So I was like, okay, I'll go up at the end. Yeah. But turns out th- I was headlining as in I'm going last and I'm doing. Yeah, fi- that's what happens when you're 15, headlining. Fi- yeah. No, no, no. But like I'm doing 15 minutes and there's 10 people doing eight minutes before me. Eight, eight people? Ten. Uh, whatever. I couldn't even count. Basically, I got there at 10 and I went up. They introduced me. And please welcome Peter Kim at 12.01. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm I I took multiple laps around this town. I bought a um, a uh, record from like a record shop <laughs> that was open late for two dollars, like Julio Iglesias, and <laughs> the guy was like, "Hey, how do you know this guy?" I'm like, "It's my mom's favorite." Um, anyway, so like I'm like doing everything I can. And it's a small town, so there's not much open, right? So I so I I take multiple walks around, and tell me why the owner of this fucking club comes to the back and is like kikiing with all the comics and like smoking weed and blah blah and he's yeah. like talking about Jamie Foxx's daughter and how fuckable she is and he's ah! like yeah would you fuck that yeah I would fuck that and I'm just like this guy is in his 50s these kids are in their 20s and it just feels so yuck and it's like yeah. that it's like that club owner feel of the 80s or yeah. 70s where you're just like yuck i thought we were done with this but it's like it's in a small town so i guess it's revived you know it's like misogyny revival and yes 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 so it's like it's a it's a a touring it's touring it's touring it's barnum and bailey yeah (laughs) so it's just like a bad situation you know and it's the guy um, who invited me. Like he, he was like profusely like apologizing. He's like, oh, "I'm so sorry." Blah blah. It's getting started midnight. late and like midnight. Yeah. Two hours after I arrive, I'm going up. And the show was it co- packed. It was like almost packed. So okay, like there's there a lot of people and the, the crowd yeah. was great. Like it was great. And my and I got. But they had to, to be tired after two tired. hours. Tired. And I get up there and I am I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm trying this thing where I'm not drinking. Yeah. So like I'm not just in life, but like I'm not drinking before shows or smoking before shows because I want to sure. start like just having a healthier relationship to this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm I don't going up. I'm going up yeah, stark before. sober. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 So I'm going up stark sober, and they're all like, "Okay, I, this is the end, blah blah." And I start getting into my set, and I'm not. They don't laugh at my first thing. They go, "Aww." And I'm yeah, they're feeling bad for me, and I that, hate that. And that throws me the fuck off. And I'm like, yeah. oh god, they they're they're not they're not getting it. Yeah. So I'm like readjusting in the middle, and I'm going, oh, what set am I doing? What am I? Uh, and, yeah. You know, and I'm just like, it's not good. Yeah. It's not great at all. Okay. Yeah. When you're doing sort of like when you're not being able to be present because. You trust the audience, and you're yeah. having to. And, I mean, that's and, that's a and they were great for everyone else. So I'm like, oh, I'm the fucking asshole, right? So, uh, but you the know. awe is interesting. Yeah, it, it was just like, I guess I shouldn't have opened with such a self-deprecating joke or whatever. But like, 
it, it, I don't know. But it's, a, his, it's, but it's like it's a it's it's like a Hispanic. It's like a Latinx and Asian show. These are all immigrant people, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So like I don't know. It was just like an all audience, and I was like, oh an man. All audiences, my in my experience, is always old and white or yeah, young and white. But yeah, they were like young and Hispanic. So I was like, what's going on here? Um, anyway, it, I, it definitely made me go into my head and I wasn't present. And then I had to drop my set and start going yeah. into crowd work, sure. at, which usually works. And then I brought it back around yeah. and I was, um, and I got, you know, like it, it was fine at the end. Tell me why I get off stage and this kid who invited me, he's a Korean guy. He says, my parents are in the audience. And I was like, what? Oh, what? Your parents stayed until midnight, midnight to watch the to to watch the show, and I was like, "Oh, that's what so kind sweet. of parents? There's a Korean Korean parents? parents who watch this show, and I was like, "Oh shit, uh, that's so awesome that they're there." It's like, "Oh yeah, it's like their fourth time seeing my show," and I was like, fourth time? These are like the best parents in the world." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, you know, actually, my mom's a fan of yours," and I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" She was like, yeah, she saw that you were – she wasn't going to come, but my mom and dad are both here because they wanted to see you because you were closing out the show. And I was like, how does she – what? How does she even how? know me? Yeah. She was like, she's a fan of the Ajuma show. What? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And apparently – he's 25 years old. He was like, when I started comedy like a couple of years ago or whatever, I told her I was starting comedy, and she literally asked me, oh, Really? do you know Peter Kim? And he was like, no. And she was like, yeah, you should listen to Peter Kim. And she introduced him to me. And, <laughs> and to have like the host of this comedy show come up to me and say, you're my mom's fave was the craziest thing to hear for me. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I feel so old. Holy Peter, shit. <laughs> Peter, this has happened to me where this... What? Also, by the way, she, she, also, this what? person also uh -huh. kept telling me uh -huh. that I reminded them of their mother. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because, okay, let me ask you this. This person, their parents were Gen X, right? They're like in their 50s, like yeah, early 50s. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You Gen X Koreans are the, fucking, I know, I know. Like you, the ones that got married young and are having kids that are in their 20s now are ruining and our lives. Our and, lives. Yes. Like and, our, ruining and our, and and our self-esteem. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing that I, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you know who you are. Yes. Um, thank you very much for thank listening. Thank you like for and listening. And, and thank you for being at the show and all that. And we appreciate it. And staying it. so long. God. Um, I cannot believe. I can't believe. I cannot, On a Saturday night, they worked all week, I'm sure. At some, you okay, know, so, like, so knowing this about Korean parents, uh -huh. does this make you feel sad or angry? <laughs> Those are my two choices. <laughs> because like just knowing that it's like, because there's a part of us when we talk about immigrant parents, we're uh -huh. like, oh, their lives were like this. And it's just like not a part of mm -hmm. Korean culture. But right. you see these people and they're fucking Korean. I know. And they're like fully supporting their children in their 20s. These Gen Z children at the at this comedy club at midnight on a Saturday. I was like, what? So does that make what, you feel what sad? What am I living? Like, first, okay. I went or through. Feel I, angry? I, I went through like a, a wave of emotions. I was... <laughs> Angry at first because 
he told me that I was his mom's fave. Yes, and, yes, yes. And then when I dug under the anger, yeah. I was like, oh, it's sadness because mm-hmm. I'm realizing that this young kid, mm-hmm. who, by the way, other people have said that looks like me, right? <laughs> They've, like, mistaken him for me, which, like, happens all the time, right? If you're sure, Asian yeah. and you're whatever in yes. comedy, everyone's like, Except for you. me, I look like nobody. Yeah, you're an original. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Ellie Wong. Um, anyway, um, so he goes, he tells me that, and I, I get a little upset. And then I'm like, oh, I'm sad that, like, I'm no longer, like, like I, it's I'm not your favorite comedian. I'm your Moms. parents, your parents. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm a generation behind. Mm-hmm. I'm in that generation now. Yes. Of course, I understand I'm, I'm what, how old I am, but, like, Inside my comedian head, I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm a mom's fave, right? So like, yes. and then I and then I thought about it for longer, and I was like, oh wait, I'm actually a mom's someone's fave, yes, because of our podcast, yes. And it's not like she found us through like some bigger venue or exposure; mm-hmm. like she found us through this niche ass podcast called Ajima Show. So I'm like. Mm-hmm. That made me really happy again. So yeah. I went through like a roller coaster of emotions and I ended up happy, which is nice. Yes. Um, but it was such a mind fuck to hear that from someone. And now I'm realizing, oh, not only are these kids getting younger and younger, these kids' parents might have exposure to me and my work mm-hmm. in a generational way. Yes. <laughs> Truly. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's so cra- It's mind. It's a mind fuck. Because just like as a population and demographic, Asian Americans are getting older. Like we've been right. in this country lo- longer. So as a community, we're just more deeply entrenched, right? Yeah. And like I will say that I I went through the same sort of roller coaster. Like at first I was like, excuse you, like yeah, like your mother's. No. Uh-uh. I'm like, aren't I? What about you? You don't like yeah. me? Uh, like, what, all my content about being old and a mother doesn't relate to you? Crazy. Yeah, uh, odd, but that works. Okay. Use your imagination. Um, so I, I also felt angry and then kind of like uh, put off and then sort of realizing the sort of, the fact that they have – the being rep- being the representation in mm. other people's lives feels crazy because there is no one that we can speak to that we found that's like our parents there is no version right, right. there we is didn't no have, reality our parents didn't have a fave they didn't have a fave they there were in korea no, like there, <laughs> it was like youngyu but, like. but they're not consuming media there's nothing right. generationally that speaks to both of us connecting us like connecting that. us yeah, there are yeah. there's just not there's like so the the cultural ties to each other generationally are not just aren't We're just tenuous they, they don't exist at yeah. all in and that, that way, was what we, made me yeah, sad yeah you are right there's like we've we're in this like shadow generation mm-hmm. in this country where like and it, it's just unfortunate as first that gens. As, as first gens, gens. yeah because yeah. like we have we've maybe that's why we are not cool because uh, there's cannot. never been a trickle down of culture or references no. from a parent or an older sibling or a cool cousin. Like you and I just always had to be the pioneers 
uh, ourselves. Like you being an only child, me being the oldest child. Like yeah. we had to figure it out on our own oh, and I make all our the- mistakes and yeah, all the I like mean, just- horrible. <laughs> clothing choices <laughs> exactly i mean literally like i picked what i was going to read by opening up the penguin classics like the inside of the thing and it just had a list of american classics you're like crossing a- them off like okay like a dutiful little child exactly like you're like okay these are the best yeah and tale of two have- cities exactly. we're gonna go to anna exactly. karenina yeah. oliver twist like it's just yeah. like shit that like taste wise what do i fucking know yeah right I, I, yeah. there's no one telling me my my mom would sometimes be like oh I've heard that um, Anna Karenina was yeah. good, so she made me read that. War and Peace. It's just like shit that like some math tutor. Of course, you know, she like, knows the like, Russian ones. Yes, because <laughs> it's like supposed to be the fanciest. Yeah, it's the fanciest. That's the only reason. What does she fucking know? She's nice. read zero books. <laughs> She's never read a book. My mother has never read See, a book. This is why. Okay, so folks who are listening, if you are a mother. Start reading books so you don't have children like us. And secondly, if you're one of us and who has a mom who is stupid, buy her a fucking book, all right? Or a hooked on phonics. Get her to read. Audiobooks. There's a lot of choices out there. I mean, this is like, you don't want more of us out here. Just angry and referenceless. But, but I mean, when was she going to fucking... I mean, she stopped going to school in high school. Like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. like, this just... This, they're learning different things. I'm sure she read I don't a know. Korean there book. are Korean bookstores. I'm sure. I'm sure she's read, like, a Korean book. But when she came here, she wasn't fuck. I mean, there is yeah. zero books in my house. <laughs> it's, that were except not for mine. the encyclopedia. Yeah, aside yeah. from mine. Like, aside yeah. from... There are zero books. Oh, absolutely. My mom has mine. no books. No my, books. My parents had no... We had, the, the like, a Korean English... Dictionary. Dictionary, and a, yes. And the yes, Bible. that blue one. Yeah, and the blue yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And the only Korean book I had, uh, it, uh, we had was mine because I bought Chingu yes. when I was young. Because yes. I, I wanted to, I watched a movie yes. and I wanted to read Chingu a, uh-huh. as if like I was a Korean person. And I would like read it and be like, I don't understand a thing that's happening. No, like I like could actually it. Yeah. read it. I could sure. s- sound it out, but I had yes. no idea what the fuck these this, these things meant, especially because a lot of it was in Saturday too. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm just like reading this dialect that I don't even understand. But like, I was so like, I don't know. There was a point where I was so into like knowing Korean so well that I could even read books in Korean and even yes. like tell stories in Korean. You know, that is a flex. It, yeah, I I just never got there. But um, you're right. Our parents didn't read. My, yeah. what if, I've never. Well, seen they didn't them. have time. They didn't have time. They I've, were surviving. I've seen my father read a newspaper. I've seen him read a oh, newspaper. Oh, I've seen newspapers. Yeah. Yeah, but not anymore. I mean, no, no, even no. there's no. They're just Korean on their phones, squinting their into phones. their phones. Do your parents exactly. do that? Just like my hold their phones up to their fucking eyeball. Well, my dad can't really see. So, I mean, he's oh, my he's father's done. driving by feel. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he really can't see. So if you're out there. He should not be on the fucking road. I mean, he's, I mean he knows the roads. He's, I'm going to say by feel, like, he's taking the same route every single day. He's not yeah. going anywhere new. And if they go okay. somewhere new, my mom drives. But, all I mean, right, right. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious about it. It's like, but driving still, by feel. Yeah. Like, he and knows, he, like, the things. Even if and, he doesn't have his eyesight, like, he's too old to be driving anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, but so that's, so he's not reading anything on his fucking phone. My mom sort of is. Yeah. But she's not well-versed enough to, like, figure it out. No, no, no. I asked my mom. I was like, to. I told my mom, like, so my, I was like, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm a writer and I'm, I'm writing yeah. things. And she, I was like, 
talking to her recently about like how privileged I feel yeah. about being able to be a writer. What a like mm-hmm. lofty position that is. It coming, is coming from where we are. You know, like yeah, yeah. it was only for the rich and like yeah. you know, highly educated or whatever in Korea to be a like a novelist or whatever the fuck. Wait, but so, like, it is very fan. But by the way, can I ask you, what did you pick at your tour? Pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, you did? Yeah. See? There you go. Weird. I know. Just poor artist. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's probably what our moms were thinking, like, oh yeah. fuck. All right, start saving now. Um, <laughs> but my mom was like, Oh, and I was like, What? What do you mean? You're not a writer. And she's like, yeah. Oh, I when I was young, I would write all these poems and stories and win contests yeah. and stuff. And I was yeah. like, Why don't you write now? And she was like, I can't write now. And I was like, yeah. Why not? You should write down your story. She was like, No, no, I can't, I can't. And I'm like, I feel like you want to, and you're like begging me to like ask you to do it. So I've been doing like audio recordings with my mom and like Ooh. getting stories down like that. But like, I don't know. She's got a lot of crazy stories, you know? So yes. like, and a lot of stories of like survival and struggle and, yes. like, you know, having to be like in like an underground fucking um, warrior to like mm-hmm. exist in Flushing Queens. So yeah. I'm like, at least, at least write it down so that like I can sell it as a movie or yeah. something. <laughs> Me but out, I think Mom. she's afraid. I think she's there's something there's a block to her about like I, I we've talked about this before about like revisiting some stories mm-hmm. and trauma that like might break her. So I think she's like she it's that's, very that's true. the block. I mean it's so funny, Peter. My mom also wrote in in high school, that was like her specialty was writing. Wow, and look being at that. Writing. She like she wrote uh uh poems and like yeah. very specifically because like it's like a Korean thing. I think it, like, it's like a Korean girl world. thing too. Yes, yeah. to write poems. Yeah, and I think it's just in most of the world, like you write poetry much more. I mean, even in America, teenage girls and boys are they're yeah. fucking writing poetry. Yeah, that's the a limerick at the least. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like definitely a thing. My my mom was also literary. Mm. Among all of her sisters, she was the one that like kind of oh. wrote and was like dreamy in this way. Oh wow! And um, she, my mom, says the same thing. And we've talked about it. It's not only revisiting. Well, the the way they've managed to survive the trauma of that experience is by simply Forgetting leaving it in the past. It. Yes, yeah. yes. Turning not touching it, not addressing yes. it, not processing Never. it, not like, writing about it, not. Yeah, exactly. And mar- the way mar- we. Mar- Right, which is like such a. My mom says that too. Right, she was like, "If yeah. I start digging, I'm gonna kill myself." And I was like, yes. "Okay, well, let's stop digging." But secondly, <laughs> but I, it, it comes down to that kind of generational difference of their them not being able to look inward and us mm-hmm. only being able to look inward. Yes, like it is a value for us to look inward mm-hmm. and dig and process and create art, so other people could understand and possibly not feel alone blah blah like that is our charge but yeah. our parents it's the exact opposite it's like they could they they couldn't think of something more embarrassing than talking about themselves and their like innermost traumas and the sadness they go through and all that like they're they've been conditioned to be like tough I'm like whatever i'm good i'm here i'm fine we're moving on because also the proximity to their trauma makes excavating it not a virtue they're mm. 
their their proximity to it means that they are not the generation that will process it. No. It means that we are now the ones that will have to. Have to process right? it. Because yeah. for, to process it is, for us, virtuous. It is something that yeah. is, seen, is seen as morally yes. virtuous. Yes. And the thing is... Which is very are, anti-Confucian. Like, yes. It, that's why I think there's a self-examination. huge self-examination. Yes. Yes. And it's like being loud or being like, um, you know, the nail that sticks out. You know, and saying centering me, me, me. Your, and centering your story. Right. Whereas the young people that we're meeting and with the Gen X... They both have this virtue. They yeah. both are for, far away enough from that trauma yeah. to be able to process it. Like my parents are much more like my husband's grandparents were. Like yeah, they're yeah, yeah. like sort of like proximity to the trauma because his parents grew up in relative affluence and their trauma was like kind of watching Soviet Union crumble. Okay. But they grew up sort of like privileged only children and like being able to operate and go to college and do these things and having had parents that went through the war and so like when when i look at the similarities in terms of immigrantiness it is very clear that my parents are like his grandparents yeah yeah generation and like generation behind and it's like that's what we're working with right now when when we look at these youngs we are we are doing so much fucking work Cause you know our there's people in our generation, our core cohort that yeah. act like our parents. Yes. You know, so we're, we're stressing and striving so hard mm-hmm. to be not that generation of the compartmentalization. Because we're still straddling both. We're still stra- we are yeah, definitely. I feel fully Gen X. I rarely yes. feel millennial. I know yes. we are technically because of the yeah. cusp or whatever the fuck, but like yes. culturally, I never felt millennial. I felt cu- cu- yes. Gen X more. And it's because it's also because of the immigrant thing. Like it's I the think immigrant the thing sort of, pushes you one generation behind. Yes. Because yeah. of the sort of um we there is no one that has like millennial is this idea that like you've been coddled and everyone has said that you were great and this like thing. You're lazy, no one in our you lives, don't work hard. Yeah, exactly. No we're one like the direct lives, opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally I would go home by myself at six o'clock, watch television for five hours and make myself dinner. Like yeah, that exactly. was my day and re- yeah. rinse and repeat, mm-hmm. rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. And so that idea is much more, we are, we are actually in our lives and in practice are much closer to Gen X. So we when are. this, when these people are talking about us being like their parents, I think it's because of that. I mean, one, <sighs> and generationally oh we are. And Yeah. And I, I'm not, I'm not offended. I'm just like taking a second to breathe it in. But also, you know, I mean, to be fair, and the thing is, like, this is a bit I've been doing in my act recently, but it's like we are also have a lot of young friends because things aren't working out for us. So we are because <laughs> yeah. our age age level friends are moving on without us. Yeah, they've yeah. already like they're on their they're not only on their first home, they're on their second. Yeah. And they're like yeah. they're done versus like we're us started. living <laughs> started. And we're also in an industry where we're just like sort of. Because this is the thing. We also started our lives at 30 later. I know. Yeah, I know. So like we I know we have so much going against us. It's amazing that we're still up and running and like trying. You, you would have thought like we'd given up by now. No, but, but you know what? Through it all. Schemers and dreamers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scheming and dreaming since 1982. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for Two Kims this week. Thank you so much. Check out our Patreon. Check out our socials. Leave us a review. That helps us a lot. Please. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. And we love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.